if you're thinking about selling a property or some sort of investment assets in that particular financial year, then you should think about contributing. Lots of people don't think about land taxes. Land tax, they pay property tax deductible. Body corporate fees, it is deductible as well. Borrowing expense is one of the major ones. The important sort of caveat here is it's not always only for the trust side of things. You can claim GST in your own personal capacity as well. Hello and welcome to another episode of Help Me Buy Property Podcast. Today we are going to talk about how to maximize your tax returns, or should I say, how to claim up to X dollars in tax returns, especially when you're talking about property investments. Now, before I invite my guest, a, a very valued and important guest, I think everyone loves hearing from Sohail, our tax director. Hello, Sohail. How are you today? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me back again. Lovely to have you, my friend. Thank you for being part of the Help Me Buy Property podcast. Now, before I go into a lot more detail into uh, the topic itself, let's provide some caveats that this is not to be constituted as tax advice or financial advice or SMSF advice or any sort of uh, particular advice in, in relation to personal finances that people are facing because this is the tax season. Of course, everyone would be looking at advice. So always reach out to your own accountant or reach out to Sohail if the need be. Let's kick off. Let's kick off. And so what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about few key things. We are going to talk about tax returns and what does that really mean? We are going to talk about the common deductions that people usually deduct in relation to property investments out of things. We are going to talk about deductions that are generally not discussed and people are leaving money on the table. And finally, we are going to also talk about the PAYG withholding variations where you can actually increase the cash flow, especially in the times like today. So without further delay, Sohil. Hey, so yeah, let's, let's see what the tax refund is. Let's understand that. When the new season starts, every time the new financial starts, people come uh, from 1st July, first week of July and asking for that, please lodge our tax returns because we are expecting a refund of that much or that sort. What is actually a refund? Basically, if you are already uh, you, you on a PAYG income, your employer is deducting some tax at source. Okay, But uh, at the year end, there's a reconciliation of that tax you already paid to tax office through your employer. Okay, So what we do at the year end for our clients, we reconcile the taxes and the income side of things. They might have other sources of income as well. We, we determine, we try to uh, understand what is the effective tax rate for that person, effective tax is. So if there's a, there's a difference in effective tax and what has been deducted for the, for the individual, they, the difference is usually a refund. So they get some money back from the tax office because the employer has deducted additional tax on, on, on from their salary. There are certain reasons why they deduct a little bit more or less some employees they have casual work or they, they work on shift basis so their tax is determined based on their weekly hours it changes accordingly and then tax is decided based on the annual basis so that, that's what the tax refund is how you maximize the tax refunds that's another thing yeah and it's important to understand that i think you know you see people coming to us all the time and say hey, I've paid 40,000 in taxes and can I get 5,000 back or 10,000 back? And 
you know, more recently, you know, I was hearing someone saying, hey, I've paid 80,000 in taxes. Can I get 50,000 back or 40,000 back? You know, tax return is an exercise where you have to pay the real amount of tax that the tax owes you, the tax office owes you. It's not so much about, you know, stripping money away from the taxman, right? So it's important that, you know, understanding the tax deduction or the tax planning as part of the overall equation is, is the key thing in, in reducing your effective tax rate down. Typically, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to maximize your deduction so that you can get, you know, slightly more or you can you know, tailor it in such a way that, you know, the scale tips towards you, you know, rather than dipping it towards the tax. Pay the right amount of tax. That's what we're trying to achieve here. That's it. Yes, definitely. And so let's talk about deductions. And we are very focused in talking about deductions only in relation to investment properties. We are not going into a lot of detail around, you know, generic deductions because, you know, the list is a never ending list. And so let's talk about the deductions that commonly people talk about, a day-to-day deduction that, you, you know, you would hear, you know, people talk about when it comes to property investing all the time. Yeah. Uh, in a typical investment property scenario for an individual, the main question, main deduction people talk about is repairs and maintenance. If they spend some money to maintain the property, they, they can claim that kind of deduction. There are certain obvious expenses they can claim, council rates, depreciation on the property if they are newish kind of property interest is the major one interest on the loans if the property is managed by a property manager property management fees of course accountants fees and tax agents fees the same thing pretty much so if we take a pause there and if we take a step back i mean we talk about repairs and maintenance you know there are things like you know gardening pest cleaning you know, all of these are basically claim- claimable, right? And, you know, whatever you need to spend to re- keep the property in shape, yeah, that's the repairs, maintenance, and you can claim. There's certain difference between what is repairs, maintenance, and what is reno- innovation or renovation, basically. So you can't claim that uh, if you're replacing something in, in your house, you can't claim immediately. You can claim all that's become that comes into depreciation. Yes, generally, whatever repairs and maintenance you can claim. And sometimes when people buy the properties, you would see that they would have to spend some money in order to make it tenantable. Are those classified as repairs or maintenance or you would usually take that into capital investment as well? That kind of expense is capital in nature. Okay, So you can claim those expenses but you have to add them uh, as a cost base, add to the cost base and you claim when you sell the property. If the property is tenanted already and you're spending money, on repairs maintenance, then it is claimable while it is tenanted. But, but when you're making it ready for tenants and you spend some money, that's not immediately claimable. Okay, you can claim as a depreciation over the years there. Sure, sure. And if you talk about interest on loans, property management, I think these are very self-explanatory. Uh, tax agent fees, accountant fees, again, you know, they are very self-explanatory. You know, people who are spending money in seeking tax ad, uh, advice, tax accountants advice, accounting advice, etc. All of these are, you know, very self-explanatory. Let's talk about interest on loans slightly a bit more. When you talk about interest on loans, this is in relation to the properties that they are buying, right? The debt on that property. A lot of people tend to use their money from their principal place of residence and, you know, refinance that money towards the interest. How does that work? You know, could you explain that as a bit more in relation to that? I know that that portion of the loans are definitely tax deductible as well, but there is a sl- slight nuance there, right? That's right. So potentially, yes, you can claim interest on the loan you took out from your principal place of residence. 
the caveat is that ATO requires you to have a loan split into different loans. One for especially for your principal place office, an additional loan which is used in investment property. So you need to keep those loans separate to able to claim the deduction for that particular portion of the loan. So it is deductible, but it has to be a separate loan. Yeah, so you cannot, yeah, so it, if it is a loan just combined with your principal place of residence loan, then you can't claim that portion of interest from that loan. Sure, sure, definitely. What else? Let's talk about insurances. I mean, the, the, apart from uh, the other expenses, you mean the, not, not from the investment side of things? Yeah, so it's, I mean, the, to, to increase the deduction side of things, if you, general deductions, Insurances, you guess that the uh, you you can claim income protection insurance if you have income protection insurance under your personal name. Lots of people do have income protection insurance. They you can potentially claim in your tax returns. Some insurance are combined together, which is a TPD and income protection. Only the income protection premium is deductible, not the TPD side of things. There's uh, private health insurance. Lots of people ask question about the private health insurance. Are they deductible? Look, the the private health insurance is not a deductible expense. Private health insurance is important when you have income more than ninety thousand as an individual, uh, uh, ninety thousand a year as an individual, because when your income goes above that level, you you pay additional medical levy surcharge. Either if your income is more than ninety thousand a year as an individual or one hundred eighty thousand a year as a family income. So if you don't have private health insurance and your income is above that threshold, you pay additional surcharge. So to avoid paying that surcharge, you should have that private medical, uh, private health insurance. So it's not a deductible expense as such, but it helps you to reduce your tax liability. Definitely. And uh, super contributions, I think that is one thing. And let's go to the uh, list of you know deductions that are not generally discussed and you know, let's kick it off with super contributions. I think a lot of people don't know and notice that super contributions are definitely tax deductible. Yeah, previously, if you wanted to uh, contribute into your super after tax, there's no, there was no deduction available personally in the tax returns, only deduction available through the employer. Recently, for three, four years, just before COVID, it was introduced that you could potentially claim and if, if you have unused cap left, for your uh, uh, concessional contribution, then you can top up your super and claim deduction in your personal tax returns. If the cash flow allows you, you should do that. So it will reduce. So, so your super fund pays only 15% tax. So uh, rather than paying 30%, 40% tax, just pay 50% and contribute that much or a smaller amount, larger amount, whatever you can up to the capped amount and you can uh, reduce your taxes according. Yes. Definitely. And there, there is a slight interesting fact that a lot of people don't know about when it comes to super contributions and that ties up into the capital gains side of things. And we were discussing this with one of our clients where a client had a big bill for capital gains tax where they had sold something and you know they were up for a capital gains tax. And so you provided a really awesome advice and I would want to air it out in, in the podcast today and talk Talk us through how does the two work? You know, you can pay the super, reducing the capital gains. How does that work? Yeah, so th- that comes up to under the planning again. So you need to plan ahead. If, you, you, if you're thinking about selling a property or some sort of investment assets 
in that particular financial year, then you should think about contributing uh, into super. Why? Because uh, when you're going to sell a property, you would anticipate that there will be some capital gains. So with the capital gains, higher taxes, higher tax you have to pay. So to reduce that impact of paying high taxes, you can potentially contribute to your super because in an unused cap, you can use it for last five years of unused cap. If you haven't used your cap, you can potentially contribute up to $50,000 into your super and claim deduction for it and reduce the capital gains amount because the contribution you're making, it can be uh, of, it can offset your capital gains potentially. So, yeah, so th- that's very, uh, 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 it's, it comes down to the planning ahead. You need to, whenever you d- decide to sell, speak to your accountant and make sure that every th- possible deduction is available for you to reduce the capital gains, including the super contributions. And what is the cap per year? It's 27500 per person. Uh, so if in one year, your employer contributed, let's say, 15000 so you still have 12500 left for that particular year. So you can go back five years back to con- accumulate all those unused cap and contribute in that particular year when you're selling the property and reduce the capital gains there. And this is pretty interesting, right? If you have a capital gains of, say, you know, $200,000, right? And, you know, you would apply the discount rule of, say, 50% and you have now a capital gains of $100,000 that you are exposed to on taxes. If you have between husband and wife a cap of, say, 50000 each, then, you know, you technically have to pay nothing, right? And so I understand this, right? It's such a simple thing to do that, you know, $100,000, even if you take an effective tax rate, you are paying $30,000 to the taxman pretty much right away on that capital gains, right? Prepare to taxman or to your super. Uh, what do you want? Or you take that money to super and pay nothing to the taxman, right? Or 15% to the taxman, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so out of, you know, the 30,000 or 40,000, in some cases, I think, you know, capital gains tax comes in at the premium rate, right? Because they are coming in over and above, you know, your to- your total, whatever you're earning. And so in this particular client's perspective, you know, it was 45% tax rate. So you save potentially 30% tax if you contribute to your super. The only thing which people are scared of be- that once the money is in super, they can't take that money out quickly. It is stuck there. But yet you have to you save some taxes, but your, your, your retirement savings are going up at the same time. Definitely. And there is a lot that you can do with super, right? You know, people who are listening and tuning to us for the first time, they should definitely go back and listen to our um, SMSF investing podcast. You know, we have talked about, you know, how to set up, you know, super renovations or self-managed super funds and how can you use that towards the advantage of, you know, investing via property. But of course, you know, people naturally think that this money is getting stuck and I would only see this past 60 or whatever that you know retirement age looks like that doesn't necessarily needs to be right so coming back to the topic let's talk about you know you were talking about the deductions that are not generally discussed we've talked about super innovation or super contributions um what else yeah i mean uh, from investment property perspective lots of people don't think about land taxes land tax they pay uh, on the property it is tax deductible body corporate fees uh, it is deductible as well. Borrowing expense is one of the major ones. People don't realize that they can claim borrowing expenses uh, as a deduction for their investment property. Though it is over five years, but lo- it involves the cost of establishment of loan facil- facility, discharge fee, broker fees, loan admin fees, valuation fees, and 
LMI as well, loan mortgage insurance. It's part of your borrowing expense. So you can claim those expenses for your rental property. Borrowing expenses are an interesting one, right? I think people don't tend to see borrowing expenses because when the loan settles, these are usually hidden on their statements or bank statements. They don't even show up on their bank accounts because, you know, the bank would usually offset this against your loan and it would be a single number that would usually show up. And so it's important that, you know, you hold on to those statements, you know, especially when you're talking about lenders, mortgage insurance, establishment fees, broker fees, valuation fees. All of these fees do amount to a big amount of money. You know, these, these are not small chunks, right? Especially when you are buying properties at, say, 88% LVR or 90% LVR. That's true. That's true, sir. It is uh, somewhat hidden, sir. It is, if it, you have a good accountant, they can ask for settlement statement and put that information in the tax return. Definitely. Definitely. What about home office expenses? I know there is a lot of contention around this. And when you mention this to a tax agent, it'd be like, oh, I'm not sure whether you should be claiming any home office expenses. Talk us through about there. Yeah, so it is it, it, it is a hangover deduction from uh, COVID areas, uh, COVID uh, times uh, when people used to work from home and uh, ATO allowed lots of uh, ATO allowed people to claim lots of home office expenses. There, there were different methods, but and people is still trying to claim home office expenses, though it is still possible, but it's not as much as you would do it previously. But yeah, if you're still working from home, you claim certain expenses, including some occupancy costs uh, of your house, interest expense and rates and other utilities and things like that. The, yeah, you need to work out the basis of deduction, but yeah, you can still claim home office expenses as long as you're working from home, either part-time, full-time, doesn't really matter. You can still claim those expenses. In today's time, you would see that, you know, an average Australian is at least working two days or three days a week from home, right? So there is a lot of stuff that they can claim, especially like when you talk about running property as a business, you know, you couldn't be exposing yourself to a lot of this money that you are spending on. You might have a full-scale office that you might have created. You know, I know developers tend to do that a lot where, you know, they would have... Um, you know, their garage converted into a, a home office potentially, right? And so there is a, a, you know, that's leaving money on the table if you're not considering some of these expensive as well. That's right. That's true. Now, I understand that, you know, when you talk about property investing, people tend to, you know, set up trusts and, you know, set up companies and discretionary trusts and family, all of these things, you know, there's a lot of deduction that comes together with that as well, isn't it? That people don't really think about. No, it's, uh, yeah, especially... Um, uh, the, the setup costs uh, of setting up to those kind of structures, they, they, they usually don't tend to claim those expenses because the trust is not established, for example, as yet. But they are, they, you can claim the, these kind of expenses as establishment cost later on. Again, they, they're called sunk cost or black hole expenditure, but you can claim them in future over five years or whatever. Yeah, they, There's a way to claim that kind of expense. There are uh, legal fees, legal uh, expenses, involved in managing all uh, the finance side of things or documentation side of things. You can claim those expenses, agents' fees, buyer's agents, sales, sellers' agents' fees, or sellers' agents' part of the uh, cost base anyway. So buyer's agent fee, you can claim uh, as long as connected to your portfolio investment advice. You can claim that as a deduction. If it is just straightforward, just one buyer's agent fee related to one property, then it goes into as a capital expense, not as a as a, a normal deduction. But yet, there, there are certain expenses you can claim in your trust as well, which you should be keep, keeping records of, yeah. 
Sure. Let's talk about the tools and equipments and the, you know, the subscriptions that, you know, people tend to get to these days as well. You know, people tend to spend a lot of money in, in that sort of space. What are the rulings around the, or, or around there? Uh, yeah, so with regards to tools of trade, wh- whatever you spend to in, in order to um, earn your income, you spend money on your tools in the IT-based client, for example, the, the, the IT-based work environment where you're working from home and you need laptop to work. That becomes your tools of trade, so you can claim deduction if you need to buy a new uh, laptop to work on your uh, job, then you can claim those kind of expenses. Mobile phones, you can claim iPads, these sort of things you need to work. And then, yeah, you can potentially claim those expenses. Sometimes you subscribe to different services, for example, Zoom or Zoom meeting, because not everybody uh, is on Teams, or you need to subscribe to other Microsoft subscription of different kind. Then you can pay for those subscription you can claim for those subscriptions there are other you, you're subscribing to a, a professional magazine or journal or something where you can claim expenses for those if you are part of an organization a member of any organization you can claim the membership fee for that particular uh, organization as well people really try to push the boundaries here isn't it you know they would try to push in netflix and amazon prime and disney and all of these things and you know they would try to claim some of these things as well because they 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 say they're working from home they need to relax as well so the and they people i i've seen that people claiming coffee machines and stuff like that uh they're buying in their homes and then trying to claim that uh, it's our uh, dedicated area of uh, work here as well yes and so a lot of this is gray area, by the way. So I'm not saying yes or no, of course. Exactly. So it depends on case by case basis. But yeah, if it is relevant to earn your income, yes, it, it, there has to be nexus between your work, related deductions and your income, basically. And a lot of people, you know, if you talk about deductions and claiming and non-claiming as well, you know, there is a lot of investment property education that people try to push and claim. And there is a very hard line that tax office is drawn, isn't it? You know, in relation to travel and investment property edu- education that, you know, you can't claim any of these in, in taxes. Right. That's right. I mean, so lo- lots of people uh, ask you to come to those courses because they are claimable as a deduction. And there's a, I, I'm sorry to say, but it's not straightforward. It's not that straightforward. You can't claim those deductions. It's not possible. I mean, it, it has to be connected to some sort of income earning capacity. How does it make it earn income and so it's, if it is it is not connected to any income earning capacity then you can't claim simple as that okay uh, again there's uh, there's a way or there's a, if it is connected to some sort of income earning capacity that's that possible but the simple answer is no you can't claim these sort of ex- uh, d- d- deductions uh, straightforward yeah gone, gone are those days where you could you know travel into state you know visiting your property and claim you know all of those deductions that's already gone. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Uh, they, they have removed that deduction. It was, used to be there. That if you wanted to visit your property in Queensland, you stayed there for two days and then claim deduction for it. It's not available anymore. Uh, they, they have removed that deduction. The education part, they removed that deduction. So yeah, they, they, they're tightening those rules uh, slowly. So yeah. But they have left one deduction, which is the funny one, right? You know, you can still go out and visit your taxman or your your tax agent in any state and still claim that deduction. So it depends. Yeah, I mean, if it is specifically to get the financial or tax advice, yes, you can potentially. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. So you can claim 
travel to your tax agent or accountant, you can claim that as a deduction as long as it, uh, it connects to the particular advice you're seeking from your professional. So a lot of our clients in Sydney or a lot of our clients in Queensland, Perth, you know, I'm happy to see or we are happy to see you whenever you want. Uh, just make sure that, you know, you're seeking advice from Suhail and not from me. <laughs> Again, look, jokes apart, you know, uh, you have to be creative around some of these things. As Suhail did mention that you have to find that nexus in order to making sure that, you know, uh, you're not being overly creative, but you're not leaving money on the table as well. And the final thing that a lot of people don't tend to care about is the GST side of things, right? A lot of people tend to set up a lot of these things in trust. And so why is claiming this GST is important? And, you know, what's the value benefit there? So if you want to talk a bit about that. Lots of people, if they are in uh, renovating or they, are, they bought property where they need to some work done, uh, especially in business structure. So if they register, because if they, if they register for GST, they can claim that GST back. It impacts on cash flow. It's a... It's, uh, money available for you why not take it back because on residential rent you don't pay gst on it but you any expense you spend money on the property itself you can claim the gst back it should be worthwhile enough gst to claim back say because you have to spend money on gst registration and lodging bears and stuff like that but and uh, people if they are in a construction if they are not developing at this stage but they are doing some small constructions adding bedroom or something like that or uh, adding bathroom there. So you can potentially claim GST on those expenses, especially if they are in a trust environment. They can do outside the trust environment, but it becomes complicated if it is under individual name because that brings other complexities. But as long as if you have a business structure, GST can be uh, helpful. But of course, again, case by case basis, not maybe not necessary for everyone. But The important sort of caveat here or should I say the important understanding here that we want to call out is it's not always only for the trust side of things right you can claim GST in your own personal capacity as well if you're building a house to keep um, you've paid GST you have to pay GST on the sale then or you're holding it for a long-term basis you can you know set yourself up in such a way that you can use your sole trade Arabian to you know claim some of these things even though the house might not be in a trust capacity or in a discretionary trust capacity so some of those things needs to be just called up. Let's talk about the PAYG withholding variation. This is the most important topic. And I think it's very relevant in today's time as well because, you know, a lot of people are feeling, you know, cash burn or cash flow burn in relation to the inflation that are hitting them or the higher interest rates that are hitting them. Talk us through about this POIG variation on pay-as-you-go variation and how does that help in managing the cash flow? Yeah, as, as you understand that, there's a set rate of tax deduction at source from your employment. Okay, so but you know that you have a negatively geared property. You you know that you're gonna you expect some refund year end. Rather than getting that refund at year end, you can reduce your tax rate during the year and get that refund slowly, slowly in your pocket from your employer rather than paying to tax and claim back in the year end. So. There's a method which is called PYG withholding variation application. You can submit that application to tax office and tell them that my expected tax liability for the full year is going to be that much. On that basis, they will approve the application and reduced rate will be applicable. They will issue a certificate to you. You will show it to your employer and employer will reduce the tax rate for you and then put that. So you will, instead of getting the full refund at the year end, $10,000 you're expecting, you should get 
1000 each month for example additionally for additional cash so that will help you in terms of uh, expense managing expenses on month to month basis okay? rather than just wait for the whole year and then spend you see the $10,000 you spend something on something else you just use that money to manage your cash flow during the year so that, that's very important and it, it, it is it is very easy to apply i mean nowadays everything is through mygov if you log into mygov and uh, there's an application you search for it, PYG withholding variation. Once it is submitted, and AG will approve it, and then you provide that information to your employer. And for people who have a lot of houses, and you know they are managing a decent sort of portfolio, and of course, you know if you are if you haven't set up your portfolio properly and it's causing you cash strain, then this is one of the perfect strategies to basically engage, where you are reducing your or you're reducing your effective tax rate to an extent that is going to be at the end of the year so that you can save the cash flow now to manage it you know um, in a slightly better way rather than you know waiting for that year and then you know getting that money back i think there are cutoffs in relation to the applications as well isn't it i mean yeah usually you need to do it before a certain period i think it's may or june i mean for the next financial year so you need to apply for variation by 30th of april i, I don't have the number a date in my head but yeah it's a you need to be before first of july uh you need to apply i think that's may or june something like that and then once it is approved you provide and from the july onwards that new rate will be applicable for you so and you can do it during the year as well as yeah you can do that during the year as well yes so a lot of people think that it only happens once a year and once you've missed the boat that it cannot happen i think the important thing is while july is already started and you're already in august you can actually do it uh, for the future periods as well, it applies all the way through to you know June year end as well. Yeah, it is it is possible to apply during the year as well. Yes, perfect, awesome. Any parting ways in order to maximize the tax returns on investment properties? Just uh, make sure that don't miss out on any any uh, deductions. Keep a record of everything you spend, uh, and if it is money spent to earn the income, make sure you tell the tax agent or your accountant about it if you forget about it and they don't ask you you're going to miss out on those deductions okay so you should have a, a accountant who is switched on already and you should be able to provide those evidence evidence is important to claim any deduction ATU is very strict nowadays on evidence even some deductions which did not require evidence before you need to make sure you have evidence or substantiation documents to claim any deductions that's very important. And it's important. I think that's a wonderful closure um, to the episode that we are doing today. There are certain apps that you can use to basically, you know, keep um, a lot of this evidence. You know, you don't need to have these physical receipts anymore. You know, one of the ways that I do is take pictures of everything that I think and park it into various different folders or put it on Dropbox or Google Drive or anything like that. And so it's important that, you know, you get into a better discipline in you know, keeping all of this evidence with you so that it makes the life easier, not only for yourself, but also the taxman at the very end. That's true. Yeah. Thank you for listening to us today. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, please drop it into the comments below or, you know, subscribe to our Help Me Buy Property podcast. Keep smiling, take care, keep investing. This is Mohsen Sohel checking out. Adios. Thanks. Bye. Bye.